In the 1940s, Elizabeth Short arrived in Hollywood with dreams of stardom. But at the age of 22, her life was snuffed out by a gruesome unknown killer. Nearly 50 years later, the death of the Black Dahlia remains one of the great unsolved murder cases of the century. Presented by the good people at the Bod Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise real Sixty-seven of the Art and Jacob Blue America podcast. I am your host today. In the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. Sitting right across from me is Mr. Art T. Art, say hello to the millions and millions. What the fuck are you doing here, motherfuckers? Anyways, um, guys, I want to give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, Caveman Coffee. I'm drinking some of their delicious hibiscus tea right now. Um, I was just talking to Jacob. I don't think we said it on the, on the actual episode, but it is paleo. Now I am paleo, and this thing is sugar-free. It's good for your blood pressure. It's antique. Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Antifa drink. This is what Antifa does to get hyped up. No, um, it is. Um, Do you need to break a mirror? It is uh, riot. caffeine-free is what I meant to say. But anyway, check out their entire inventory. Go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their hoodies, which I know most people are not pro hoodies right now because it's 110 degrees outside, at least where we are, it is. Unless you're living in South Africa, it's winter out there right Oh, now. yeah. Shout out to Nicole smith Both. No, I said it with a lisp on purpose. Um, wait, how do you say it? Nicole smith Bosch. How do you think she says it? She has to have an accent. She does, but I don't I don't, ha- I don't have my Hello, South Hello, my name is Madame... Mad- That's <laughs> I don't like know. Welsh. Oh, I have no idea. Oh man, South Africa sounds amazing. Like I've always wanted to visit like Johannesburg. Mm. I'm like I just I think it's beautiful down there. Right, does it snow down there? Answer us on Facebook, Nicole. Anyways, <laughs> um, but check out their entire inventory. They got shirts. They have hoodies. They have coffee beans. If you want to brew your own, they have the delicious hibiscus tea, which I'm drinking right now. Honestly, it is probably my favorite thing. I would be drinking this even if they weren't helping us on the podcast. So, go to cavemancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory. When you find something you like, type in America at checkout, and that'll get you 15% off at checkout. That's super generous. And that helps us, and it helps them, and it knows, it helps them know that you are listening to the podcast, listening to the podcast and loving their delicious dreams. There you go. 
So with that said, we also have another sponsor, one of the greatest sponsors of all time, uh, El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Um, and if you're watching the YouTube video, which you should be, you know, should be subscribed and all that good stuff. Um, I got right here in front of me six delicious flavors. Um, uh, the flavor of the week, you know, last week we uh, had oh, Art right. lick some uh, Chipotle off my table here. He didn't get Corona, by the way. Um, but the flavor I've been messing with all week is the Caribbean. And I had never tried the Caribbean, and I was always super curious about it. So I've been experimenting with the Caribbean all all week this week. That's making my mouth water, man. I, I can barely talk just thinking about it. The it's making me are... think of creating some Caribbean-style barbecue wings. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, buffalo wings. And um, I'm glad you said buffalo wings because I, I think the, the best pairing with the Caribbean um, hot sauce here uh, from El Yucateco is with chicken. And, you know, I'm trying to get back in shape. Your boy's looking thicker than a bowl of porridge over here. Um, you know, the quarantine has not been kind to my waistline. Um, <laughs> so I've been trying to get back on, like, you know, my chicken breast and broccoli game. And, you know, this stuff tastes delicious on, you know, some straight up just plain chicken breast. You know, you bake that up and then afterwards you warm that up, you know, in the microwave. Because I, I always, like, make enough chicken, you know, for the whole week and then freeze, like, everything in the freezer and put it in little Tupperwares, like, you know, meal prep it, right? And then when I warm it up in the microwave, you know, for lunch or, you know, second lunch or, you know, pre-breakfast and whatnot, mm-hmm. like my six meals a day, you know, I've been putting the Caribbean, um, you know, they, they, they describe it as uh, uh, salsa picante or whatever, right? And I've been putting that on the chicken breast. Tastes amazing. Kind of tastes like... Um, Mamba Roomba's downtown, uh, which is like Caribbean food basically, but that much better just because I, I believe like the flavor of this is like so much more intense. And by intense, I don't mean like spicy, but intense, like where it's just like it gets like all of your glands just going. Like I can feel it like right here in the back of my throat, right uh-huh. here, just like starting to salivate, just thinking about it. So um, I can't wait till the podcast is over so I can eat some more like chicken breast with it. So Dude, that sounds amazing, man. Honestly, so all of these. These four right here are the ones that you can easily find mm-hmm. anywhere at your local Walmarts and Targets and wherever you get your foods from. These two over here, kind of exotic. I don't really see these that often. Uh, Chipotle and... Uh, Chipotle. Oh, the Chipotle one was really good. It has like a sweet little kick. It's sweet and it mm-hmm. gives you a little kick at the end. Kind of reminds me of mole a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I would say, God damn, I am so in love with Triple X. Like Triple mm-hmm. X to me is like... Like it's it's so oh it's like literally making my mouth water. I know said that last time, but Triple X to me is amazing. Red is my breakfast one. I put that on. I I actually had that this morning. I had um usually for breakfast I have the same thing. I have like these tortillas that I make that are like paleo tortillas, and then egg and ham and then that and that's my breakfast. Um, these two over here these are more like my burrito shit. Man. Black and uh, Triple X. Yeah, actually, black I really enjoy on avocado and mm. anything you can put on avocado, which tuna and avocado. Oh my God, that black label takes it to the next level, man. Oh, that's what we're talking about. So, if you want to get involved in some El Yucateco game, you know, basically go anywhere where they sell foods, and if they don't sell El Yucateco at the this at whatever market you're going to, don't mess with that marketplace anymore because you don't know, support good hot sauce. They probably have that 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 bullshit Tweet at them. Yeah, that bullshit shit. So um, once you do buy some El Yucateco hot sauce, I'm sending out some, I guess we can call them hot sacks or whatever. I sent out about three of them uh, yesterday. They should be on their way, to, I guess, to Ireland. And then one is to Estonia, believe it or not. Whoa. we got fans all the way out there in Estonia. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but um, I sent some packages out there as well as to one of our biggest fans, uh, Alejandra. And, you know, hey, all you got to do is just tag us and tag El Yucateco, and we'll send you some free swag. I, th- I believe I still got some sunglasses. I still got some uh, some socks, if you will. have a whole stack of stickers and, you know, bottle openers and whatnot that I'm going to be putting out. And Art, I sat on your um, yeah, man. Your oh, chair shit. here. Just hit my mic. But I just got this here. Jacob left it on my chair. It is from uh, SKR. How is that pronounced? Sucre. I want to say Sucre Apparel. Okay. I'm going to open it up here live. While I open it up, make sure to check out my Twitter. I got a good poll going on there. <laughs> Who has the better Lego man haircut? Is it Mike Pence or Sean Hannity? Let me <laughs> let me know. <laughs> so check it out, YouTube and Facebook. That is the Skull the Double, of course. Thank mm-hmm. you, Nicole. You know me well. You know I am very pro-Satan. <laughs> I love it. And check out her entire like inventory. No promo code, I believe, but check out our entire inventory. One of the – is it showing up on camera? <laughs> I can't. It is, yes. Okay. You got it. In full HD. So, yeah, make sure you check out uh, Sucre Apparel at SucreApparel.com, or you can just follow the links, you know, at Podbelly.com, where you should also be going because that is the official network of Art and Jacob Do America, uh, yeah. where you can find other great podcasts such as ourselves, We're Not Sure Yet, Sofa King, uh, The Piecast, Nerds on Topic, ectoplasm robot eyes there you go <laughs> they're new to me i just listened to them yesterday for the first time so yeah if you're if you like us you'll probably love some of the other podcasts on there so shout out to the Podbelly network so with that said guys i am sorry you know that we uh rambled on a little bit but hey this is what brings this podcast to you free every week so uh with that said art do you want to jump into let's the jump topic? into it my the only mistake jacob is that you did not make the black label the flavor of the week this week. oh yeah <laughs> jesus harold christ um uh, today's uh topic is the black dahlia black dahlia murder whatever oh you're gonna say something you're pointing your finger in the air no no i was just oh. i just itched myself <laughs> oh okay i didn't know you said the black dahlia murder and i got a little bit itchy for some oh, okay. reason i didn't know what was going on. i just saw your finger point so but man try that black label there anyways guys most people know the story. Did you ever watch the Black Dahlia movie when it came out? No, I haven't. And I tried to watch oh. it like in preparation for this topic, and they make it super unavailable to all streaming services. Good. It sucks. Yeah, it looked it looked really bad. So I watched it when it came out. It came out in like 2006, whenever. I, I had just gotten yeah. out of high school or something like that. And um, shit sucked, man. So like this is back back when I was like trying to be cool or whatever, and like I think I took a girl on a date to go see it. Mm-hmm. I literally fell asleep watching it. Like, it <laughs> sucks so bad. Like, it tries to be a little bit like L.A. Confidential or I think whatever. the guy that wrote L.A. Confidential wrote this movie, too. Oh, my God, dude. It sucks. Like, there's, like, this, like, underlining, like, plot of, like, the main character's a boxer or something. I don't know, dude. It's so stupid. It has more to do with the detective in the actual case. Oh, okay. Josh so, Hartnett or whatever. Yeah. And so it's kind of like if somebody took the movie Zodiac and, like, removed Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> and like just worried about the newspaper articles or whatever but anyways okay. yeah i don't recommend watching it anyways most people know her as the black dahlia today we'll be refer- or i don't know if you want to be referring to her as elizabeth short we can. but that's her name elizabeth short. Yeah. and we might jump from elizabeth short to black dahlia whatever is more convenient at the yeah time. they're the same people let's just establish that the, the, the black dahlia her she has a name she's a real person her name yeah. is elizabeth short yes definitely um 
Anyways, so I'm just going to jump directly to her, and then we can just kind of backtrack and give you guys some more, some of the sandwich layerings of, of who she was. Mm, but let's it. let's get to why I think most people would say that she's a famous case. January 15th, 1947, a 22-year-old woman is found on the lawn. I believe, the, I wrote down the address. 3,800 North Avenue in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. In the neighborhood of Lyman Park. Yeah. Um, it looked like a nice neighborhood. Actually, it doesn't look like a bad neighborhood now. So I yeah, don't and at the time it was like a like underdeveloped. So like they were just building it. So like the best example like I could you know give for people here in Bakersfield, it's kind of like like when you go past Morning Drive, where it's just like you might have one or two houses like in the neighborhood, and like just like these strips oh, yeah. of like sidewalk with like you know they they're plotting out like where they're gonna build the house yet, but they haven't built the house yet. It's just like wild ruggedness if you will if you can imagine like la having (laughs) having any like you know empty fields like you won't see that in 2020 but in 47 la was still pretty underdeveloped at that time yeah and you know i was just talking shit about that movie but i think they do it do a decent job capturing that aspect Mm -hmm. of it so i'll give them that um but anyways uh betty brenshinger what's her last name did you write down the lady's last name that finds her body yeah betty bersinger bersinger uh, she finds her body. I believe she was also walking with her daughter, daughter who spots the body first, and they actually think it's a dummy or a mannequin because mm-hmm. it's so pale, um, and it's also cut in half that they're like, that's not a person. Like, yeah. There's no way that that is a person. The reason why it was so pale was also it was drained of blood, mm-hmm. um, and it reminded me of the show Dexter, like season one, when the dude's like chopping up the body perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I kept thinking about. And if you did, you watch any of the pictures? Oh, I un, unbeknownst to me, yes. Like I had seen like uh, one of the pictures, where it's basically like her autopsy picture, where you just see like her mutilated face. Um, but like every article, like I would like look up, like they would have like the very explicit pictures. So she's basically like just this naked corpse, perfectly cut in half. Like mm-hmm. Art said, like all the body, all the blood is drained from the body. Um, you know, she's completely nude. And she has, like, chunks of her breast missing, chunks of her thigh missing. And her body is positioned in such a way that it kind of looks like a ballerina, if I could if you, if you, I could say. Because they, they pose the body. Whoever dumped the body yeah. posed the body. So uh, they have the arms, like, in some kind of, like, you know, above-the-head formation. Kind of like, uh, who's that, like, race racer, uh, Usain Bolt? Kind of, like, doing, like, one of these numbers. Like, if yeah. you're watching the YouTube, you'll see what I'm doing. And then, like, they have, like, the legs, like, split open, like, like in an attempt to do, like, the splits. So one of the shots that I, I saw, like, not trying to see it, was just, like, a, a like straight-up, like, crotch shot, like, of, like, the vagine. Well, the other thing that was really interesting were, like, her sex organs were also kind of, like, fucked with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also, like, a cut right above her, like, where her vagina would be. Mm-hmm. It was kind of strange. I never really figured out why there was a hole there. I mean, I guess I have an idea of why there would be a hole yeah, there, you can but connect the dots a little. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it's all so surgically precise that none of her organs are damaged and none of the bones have any damage to them either. They're just all perfectly sliced. Correct. And um, the way they cut this in half, this is you know when we get into like the theories or whatnot. It was done. Not. I mean. I don't know if you've ever watched like those ISIS videos, like where you know all the time, man. <laughs> so we go to bed. That why why are we doing that right now? Yeah. No, I don't watch ISIS videos. Um, 
I don't recommend it, but like they're very brutal. Why, why do you watch ice videos, Jacob? Jacob's getting radical, radicalized over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a sleeper cell. Um, no, but like if you've ever seen like those videos of like you know where they remove the head of like a reporter or whatnot, yeah. it's very brutal. Like it's not as clean as you would think. Like it, it's 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 disgusting, right? And like it takes a lot to cut through like the spinal column. It takes a lot to cut through like you're going through bone, right? Basically, um, but this body of Elizabeth Short, you know, was cut like almost perfectly, like with a laser, like like a shark had a, la- a freaking laser beam on top of his right. head. And th- when they did the autopsy, like they found that oh, this person was cut in half with an actual procedure called a hemi. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna enunciate this word for you right now because I'm not a medical student, right? hemicorporectomy so basically like when you look up like the wikipedia page for this it's like very much you have to snip you know uh one of the intestines in a certain angle you have to go between um these two vertebrae and it's the only vertebrae in your back that you can go through that you cut you can cut cleanly and then start you know removing you know the rest of the body from itself to create a perfect half of a human being and it's a technique that was only taught pretty sparsely at this time period like in the 1940s like it was a new procedure that you know only you know like to for people that were you know experiencing like cancer like in the lower half of their limb to you know to keep you know from spreading so you're gonna have your 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 intestines and everything to need up here but like everything else like your sex organs and whatnot would be you know pretty much disposed of you know to get the cancer away and those are the only people that would know about this so it kind of made the pool of people that would have known how to do this procedure very small. Yeah, I mean, it definitely also looks like this is not the first time that this person has performed this either. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just so precise. Also, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is that there's also another um, cut to her face that Mm -hmm. gives her a giant smile on her face. Kind of like the Joker. Yeah, very much like the Joker, Um, which kind of leaves her like she has a giant smile on her. So Mm -hmm. it just, it almost feels like it's, a little bit personal as well. It mm-hmm. almost seems like this person must have known, must have known. Oh, by the way, um, the way she gets the name, the Black Dolly, right? I was going to call her the Black Dolly, but the way that this person must have known Elizabeth um, must have been on a total personal level. Like, I don't think that this is just something you do to a complete stranger. Uh, Elizabeth kind of sticks out because she is an up, not an up-and-coming actress, but she's a you know a wannabe actress, I guess. Like she's trying to make it in L.A. See, I saw that, but then I saw conflicting things, and we'll get into it. Where it's just like the you know the the Herald Press or whatever, like kind of put that moniker on her that she was out there in L.A. You know, to become an actress, but there was literally like no acting credentials or like anything out there that had her name on it. But that was just kind of like added on to the end of it. But to your point, but yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, the, what she's doing here. In, in California besides trying to make it. And there's a lot of, like, cases of her just trying to make it, I guess, by, like, sleeping on couches and, like, mm-hmm. getting free food from gentlemen. But she is a good-looking woman, and I think a lot of people connect the dots. You know, she came to L.A. from across the country to try to make it here, and she must be here to become an actress. But there was a really popular movie at the time called The, the Blue Dahlia, mm-hmm. which is a very similar thing involving the police department and a murder. And so people just linked it because of her black hair, linked it and called her the Black Dahlia. 
And, and that's like, where the whole thing comes from. And then like her hairstyle, like I like you see pictures of her, you know, yeah. not the you know murder pictures, if you will, um, but you see like actual pictures of her during her life. And her hair is done in such a way that it kind of looks like a bouquet of dahlias because that's what a dahlia is, is, you know, a certain type of flowers, like those circular yeah, flowers yeah. or whatever, with like a tight grouping of petals, if you will. And it's like kind of like what her hair looks like, which is like this super jet black dyed hair. You know, one of the funny things about that is um, originally I could have sworn I had heard, and this is a total Mandela effect moment for me right now, but... I could have sworn that there was like reports that they, the reason why people called her the Black Dahlia is because she was reported to always be wearing black dresses. Mm-hmm. And then I saw none of that when I actually did like research of it. It was yeah. just like, oh, the movie Blue Dahlia was out, so it started calling her Black Dahlia. Yeah. And I was like, where the fuck did I get that whole thing about her always wearing black dresses? But it goes into the, the, the about the fake news. Like, and I'm sure we'll get into it, you know, later on, you know, when we get into like the meat and potatoes of it. But like, you know, the press, like the really, press plays a big role. Yes. Yeah. They play a big role in it and just kind of adding extraness to this case that didn't need to be there. Yeah. I mean, the press is doing all kinds of things to find out who she is. And I don't want to say, oh, it's a slow news day because it it's a really strange murder, but the news just takes it over. Like, it becomes, like, for weeks straight, it is, like, front page. Months. Yeah, it's front page. They're trying to get a hold of her family. Uh, they do all these, like, sneaky things to try to fi- figure, out, figure out information on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, I believe it's nine days after they actually find the body, um, they get an actual letter from the person who killed the black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. And it is addressed to the LA um, examiner, which isn't a newspaper anymore as far as no. I'm aware. Um, so they address it to the LA examiner and all the other publications in LA. And it basically says like, here's a bunch of her stuff. And do you have the actual thing? It sounds like you have it. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll let you continue. Oh, that. because I didn't write the actual thing, but it just basically says like, here's a bunch of her stuff. It it includes her passport. It includes an address book, which I believe was also like missing some things in the address book. Yeah, like pages were pages out. were missing completely. I believe it was also some of her like personal belongings, just like just little nicks, and all of it was kind of like drenched in gasoline as well to remove any fingerprints. Yeah, and I guess they were able to get some smudges off of there of the fingerprints, but like once they started to transport it, you know, to the FBI to see if they can get any any uh you know semblance of you know you know who whose fingerprints were on these letters they they were just so compromised just because like i guess gasoline removes any kind of uh evidence or you know uh it will, like going back to her body like it was cleaned with gasoline as well uh just to remove like any you know semblance of any you know fingerprints any hairs any dna um uh, because you touched on that as well that hey it looks like her body may have been you know you know raped if you will um, mm-hmm. because her anus was actually dilated I believe it was like um, an inch and three quarters um, you know more dilated than you know would have been normal which indicates hey somebody Wait, that's not normal no <laughs> I mean unless you had, <laughs> went kidding. to John's Burgers and you know, like had the monster burrito but um, no like yeah it was just like found you know in that comp- compromising position but they could not find any you know trace of semen just because they washed the body completely like in gasoline yeah, I mean, obviously this person knew what they were doing, knew how to cover their tracks, mm-hmm. is no stranger to danger. And, um, yeah, I think that that all adds to the le- I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Zodiac. I know I bring up Zodiac a lot, but mm-hmm. this reminds me a lot of Zodiac with, like, they're playing, like, this game with the press. And, and Yeah, 
with the police and like you can't catch me kind of thing and like very interesting like it takes it to the next level of of interest to me yeah and then once that the killer or you know somebody who knew what you know had happened you know calls uh the examiner uh they they send out a manila envelope um and it's addressed to you know the la examiner and the la herald press which is two newspapers at the time that were owned by william randolph hearst and um in the phone conversation you know you know proof was going to be sent out to the police department but a, a post office worker found this manila envelope with all these letters scribed across of it across of it saying the black dahlia's belongings but it was like in magazine clipping so you mm-hmm. you know you think of like you know those old like ransom notes you know from film noirs what, the funny thing you say that about it is i never saw any other case where that's ever been done mm-hmm. so i think this might have been like the first time it's ever been done and then from then on it's become like a a thing, thing you know yeah. but it might yeah. have been yeah but yeah i never because i thought the same thing i was like oh that's like you know where did this person get this idea from but i couldn't find anyone else that had ever done that oh well, you might be right yeah so i think this might be the first time and then from then on it just becomes a thing yeah a standard yeah. an industry standard in yeah. serial killing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you know like you said you know within that manila envelope you know they find a lot of people say like they found like her social security card no it was like her birth certificate you know personal belongings like photos and um, you know just the personal artifacts so this is somebody that you know when they abducted her you know they had like all of her personal belongings and a couple days later they actually found like her handbag in one shoe um just a couple of blocks you know where her body was found yeah honestly just thinking about it right now and like before we get into like because there's a bunch of people that were attached to this attached to this and suspects to it but like right off the bat like you can't help but to think that this person has to have a medical background Mm mm-hmm they must have some kind of like ties to law enforcement somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And like Dexter, like you said, yeah. And they have to be well off to the point where they have, because this doesn't seem like, like, like something even like a single person can get away with. Like, I'm just going to put a room in my, in my house where I like tear women apart. And like, you know, it just seems like you have to have enough money to put all this together. Correct. Um, so those are the three things that I was, and probably a man. So I would say definitely a man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are the four things that I would say, Hey, we're looking for these, these things in mm-hmm. this person. So, I mean, as we get into the, to the suspects like that, that's the things that I'm looking for. Gravitate towards. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure we're on the same page on this. So, yeah, yeah. um, going into like who Elizabeth short was, um, you mentioned she was only 22 years old, um, when she passed away or was murdered basically. Right. And t- I kept, that kept sticking out in my mind as well. Cause like, man, she lived one fucking hell of a life, you know, by the age of 22. So, yeah. um, she was born in, uh, 1924. So, she was born, you know, during the Roaring Twenties, and her family, you know, she had a sister, she had, um, you know, a, mo- a mom and a dad, and I guess the dad was like, you know, doing really good, like before, like you know, the Great Depression happened, mm-hmm. and like I guess like he used to build like miniature golf courses, <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that shit, like used to that that shit like stuck out to me as like pretty funny, um, but I guess you know once you know the market crashed, 
you know, he kind of like spiraled down and like, you know, went through this like severe depression and he kind of abandons his family and they find his car parked, you know, and they, they're from Boston, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they find his car parked, you know, on this bridge, you know, this famous bridge in Boston. And I guess like this was like a big thing, like during like the financial crisis during, the, you know, the Great Depression, where it's like they would find people like jumping off of bridges or jumping off of buildings, you know, committing suicide just because like they're financially ruined. So they find his car parked on this bridge and they just kind of assume that he has committed suicide. I didn't see like any investigation of like, hey, we gotta look for a body or anything like that. Like, just the family like, just kind of like accepted the fact that like, oh, okay, dad's dead. And so like the mom, you know, pretty much. At the, you got to remember too, like this is like the 1920s and 1930s. Has to take care of by herself, you know, two children, you know, like which is kind of unheard of. And I believe like she took up his job as like a bookkeeper or whatever. So right off the bat, like she's already got like those scars going on. Like you know, dad, you know, committed suicide. And, you know, I come from, like, a single mom home. Like, you know, you recently, you know, lost your father. Like, those are some, like, deep scars. Like, whenever you, like, lose, like, a fam- a, a parent like that. So she's got to be dealing with that shit already. And the reason why I bring it up is because, like, a lot of people like to, to demonize Elizabeth a little bit. But, like, I'm kind of, I want to paint a picture here. Like, yeah, you're dealing with a, a woman that's lost a lot, you know, <laughs> at a very young age, right? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, the mom you know, has to hold it down and, you know, make ends meet for the, you know, two little girls, if you will. And then at age 15, like she develops like this very bad, I want to say like bronchitis. We'll just call it. She, she caught a form of a coronavirus at this time. Mm -hmm. And the doctors tell her like, Hey, like you can't be living, you know, in Boston during the winters in fucking Northeast, North, the Northeast part of, you know, that United States is not very accommodating to somebody that, you know, has like a bad lung infection, if you will. So, you know, Florida, she spends most of her times out in Florida, you know, vacationing or not vacationing, but, you know, escaping, <laughs> you know, the Rona, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, with, I believe like other family members. So she's having to deal with that too. Like where she's like, she has to like, you know, leave her mom for extended periods of time just so that she can live, you know? And then, um, I believe like once she turns 18, dad calls mom and says, Hey, Sorry, I pieced out on you guys, you know, about 10, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, but I'm not dead. I'm living in California and I'm doing really well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I, I did want to touch on, you kind of brought this up that the press is not nice to her about these things. They try to make her sound like she's kind of a prostitute or something like yeah. that, which is kind of like bullshit. Cause even, even like, even like, taking all that stuff into account like mm-hmm. you know it's a rough life but at the same time like you wouldn't treat a man with with those types of things like if a, if a man sleeps around like it's He's cool it's it's cool like you're a cool guy oh man if a, if a woman does it it's like oh man she's just a slut or something you know yeah. like it's always viewed as as a negative mm-hmm. and um a double standard yeah a total double standard and and especially in these times like i can only imagine like these times like how how bad it must have been mm-hmm. i mean I would say that it was like this up until like five years ago where like, <laughs> where like women were, I mean, women are still being treated like as second class citizens, but, but I would say that so much more so in these times. You were very much looked down upon. Like if you didn't have a husband to take care of you, you know, like that was like a very like bad mark, like talking to like my grandmother and then like my cousin's grandmother, like that was just like, if you were unmarried and like you were 20 years old at this time, like that was like super, like that was a bad omen. If you will, like, Hey, well, what's wrong with you? You know, why don't you have a husband to take care of you? Why, why do you have to take a job? Like, why did your, 
you know, instead of like having sympathy of like, well, why did your husband, you know, fucking kill himself? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like you're dealing like with like a lot of weird like social, you know, pressures at that time as well. So something happens. I get. I don't. I wasn't able to find it. You know, there's a lot of conflicting, you know, stories out there about you know her life, and I don't want to put any more out there than there already is. But something happens, and then she moves from Boston to Vallejo, where her father was living at. Uh, you know, to stay with her father, you know, just to reconnect those. Uh, Vallejo is one of those like Zodiac killer hotspots as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just know E40 and like all those like Bay Area, oh, <laughs> Bay Area rappers are from there or whatever, right? I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> e- E40. Um, but um, yeah, Vallejo is one of those hotspots. I remember when I went to go see Tool a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lake up there when you're like headed to San Jose is where I went to go see Tool. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lake over there. And the, there's like a city that's buried under the lake. It's not buried. It's like submerged under the lake. Oh, wow. So they basically were going to build a city. They said, no, it's not going to work out. Let's just build a lake here. So they kept all the buildings underneath. So the half the town is still underneath there. Um, and it's very beautiful. But at the same time, that's also where the Zodiac Killer killed like a couple or killed a woman and the guy survived. But it's, I went to go check it out right before I went to go see Tool one day, and I'm like, damn, one of the one of the coolest days of my life. <laughs> Fuck, that's fucking. Yeah, just saying, it's still there. It's still cool. So, yeah, check if that you're out. Ever in that Northern California area, go check it out. Or just Google Map it. I, I, oh, yeah, I don't true. know. <laughs> There's technology. You can make a picnic day out of it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, make some tuna sandwiches, bring some techo. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. But anyways, her and her father, you know, they have a falling out, and her father kind of describes her as like lazy, and you know. That's what, you know, will pop up a lot here. It's coming from a man who ran out of his family. Yeah, that's true, too. So where's his credibility? Yeah, right. But um, I guess, like, he was saying that, like, hey, she didn't want to work. She didn't want to do anything. Like, you know. But, again, you're 18 years old. You're pretty much still a child, you know, at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know any better. Like, you know, you're just, you know, trying to reconnect with your father. And all of a sudden, he wants you to pay his mortgage and shit. Like, I'm I'm assuming Vallejo still wasn't a cheap place to live, you know, during Mm -hmm. this time period. But, I mean, come on now have some sympathy. So they have a falling out, you know, they get into an argument and then she moves down. I believe it was like to like where Vandenberg air force base is at. And you got to remember, this is like around like the time of like world war two. So like we're heavy in the midst of war. Um, you know, the best jobs to get are places that are on, you know, a military base or whatever. Right. And so she gets a job on an air force base. I believe like she's like a cook or something like that. And this is like where she meets, um, you know, some people in her life. I believe her fiance at this time, uh, he was like an Air Force pilot. Um, let me see. Major Matthew Michael Gordon. And um, he gets into this really bad uh, plane accident. And, um, you know, he's in his hospital bed and he proposes to her. And, you know, she accepts, you know, because, you know, she's 18, 19 years old at this time. And, you know, hey, the clock's ticking. You're almost 20. You better get married at this oh, time. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of Bakersfield standards here. <laughs> and,. This is like a big thing too, because I met, I know my grandmother. She married like an Air Force person, which is my grandfather, mm-hmm. and then my cousin Keith. His grandma, his grandmother did the same thing too, because her husband was an Air Force pilot as well. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess this was like a big thing, like back like during like World War II. It was like, hey, you're gonna marry somebody from the service, like, in particular, I guess the Air Force. I guess the Air Force was like turning out like studs or whatever, right? Um, but you know, he proposes to her, she accepts, and then like when he goes back over, you know, during the war effort, he dies. In a fucking a plane crash, Damn. literally like five days before the war ends. Yeah. So, I want to keep all of this like into perspective. The reason why I give all this information 
is because like imagine being like a very young person like you're not even legally able to drink yet you're not 21 years old yet and like all this shit happened to you so imagine like how fragile this person's mind is at this time elizabeth's mind is at this time yeah and a lot of people said that even though she was 22 years old when she was already in los angeles she kind of had the mentality of someone that was like 15 years old. Like mm-hmm. she was not a very mature 20 year old, 21 year old. She was very immature for her age. And think t- back to when we were that age, dude. Like think, yeah. like, will we be able to like, oh, make no, all no. the smaller no, no. decisions either? <laughs> I, I agree. But also you and me weren't like, you know, hitchhiking and bumming off couch, like kind of stay on your couch kind of thing. Like, L.A. today and L.A. back then, one thing that doesn't change is that that is like a doggy dog town. Oh, the, yeah. And, like, it's full of sharks and it's full of, like, terrible people. And I honestly don't know how people live in that town. But um, it, it it's – it's there's scavengers in that town. And, like, there's people that will take advantage of, of people that are new in town and weaker people and, like, people just trying to get their break or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and I think she just fell victim of that. Like she came in here, whether she was trying to be an actress or not, whether she was just trying to make it and like mm-hmm. live in California, whatever it may be, like clearly somebody took advantage of like this girl doesn't have any family here, any real income or anything like that. And like, Correct. I'm going to take full advantage of that. Yeah. And then pretty much after that, like she, um, you know, she's in Santa Barbara at this time and she gets arrested, which plays a big role like in her murder. She gets arrested in Santa Barbara for, pretty much just being in a bar, you know, being underage in a bar. And um, I was listening to a couple of podcasts. I think Sofa King put this out there as well, where it's just like, to my point, where it's just like, hey, you got a person who says, you know, hey, had the mentality maybe of a 15-year-old. She's a woman, like, in the 1940s. And, you know, there's not much opportunity out there for her. So a lot of, I guess this was, like, a big thing that I verified last night, where it's just like, hey, a lot of, like, starving, literally starving women would have to, you know, go on dates with you know people of affluency or people like men in the service you know just to eat yeah. right and um that, that's pretty much like what she was doing so i think that's why like the press picks her up as like kind of a prostitute or a loosey-goosey woman yeah but, but see was, it's funny because we don't talk about like our service men like that even though there was like a huge like outbreak in like venereal diseases yes. around this time <laughs> and it's like well i don't really talk about that but mm-hmm. but it's big yeah and so she was just doing what she i mean she, hey Fuck, if I was pretty if I was pretty enough to do it, fuck. I would take I, for a nice steak dinner, hell yeah, I'm yeah. gonna put on some silk stockings and Dude, shit. Dude, there's still girls dinner. that do that, I bet. Like that sucker dudes. And I don't say sucker them in a negative. I mean like good for them, because like yeah. if, if a guy's dumb enough to just keep taking girls out on dates, that's the that that's remember we did that episode of that dude that like shot up a bunch of people and they kept saying something like, Oh man. There was like a specific phrase that they kept calling him. An incel? An incel. Yeah. Like, it's all that bullshit of like, I'm a gentleman and like, why would any girl not date me kind of thing? Like having that mentality of like, like you're special or whatever. Like, I don't know. I fucking hate that. Like that's, that's like toxic masculinity or whatever it may be. It's like the most disgusting. But it seems like in the forties in like 1949 or whatever, Uh like that was everybody. Like everybody was that dude. Yeah. Hey, what the disc- fuck, man? I took you to the black gang. Yeah. You better put out. Now you owe me. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, a lot of people suspected it was like a, like a burnt gentleman about, you know, hey, because she wasn't putting out. Because, yeah. again, the press was saying that, you know, she was loose or she was, you know, a prostitute or whatever. But a lot of people verify that, like, hey, she would not sleep with these men. Now, some people put the extraness on it of, like, oh, she had underdeveloped genitals, which, if you look at the murder pictures, she definitely did not have underdeveloped genitals. 
Um, you look at, you know, some people said, oh, she must have been a lesbian, which is like one of those things that like when when a girl will sleep with a dude or whatever, like they always call him like a lesbian. Like there's some famous movie that says like that too, like, oh, you lesbian. And it's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? I don't know. It's, I'm blanking out on it. It sounds now. like you had a specific scene in mind. I never. You lesbian. I know. It's like like he has like a Spanish accent for some reason. Oh, Zorro. You're thinking of Zorro. Yeah, there you go. Antonio <laughs> Banderas is Zorro. Um, but like they put it on there that, hey, she was secretly a lesbian and she was just, you know, working these dudes. Um, another thing was too, it was just, you know, hey, she was a prostitute or whatever, but it was not like she was just like, hey, she's doing what she had to do just to fucking eat. You know what I'm saying? And I don't hate on it. You know, I honestly don't. Yeah, of course, I don't hate on it either. But one thing that uh, you didn't mention was the underdeveloped genitals. A lot of that is tied to her having like, like I guess like a her hermaphrodite uh, genitalia, where it's like not full on hermaphrodite, but like kind of having hermaphrodite parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where the underdevelopment part of it comes in okay that she might have had genitalia that was kind of in that development where like it didn't develop correctly it, it was like half male half female genitalia and maybe some dude was like hey what is this like you kind of have a small penis in your vagina kind of thing uh-huh. and was like offended by that and maybe that's why he killed her mm-hmm. but i don't know I don't know. And I maybe that's also another reason why she wasn't sleeping with men yeah maybe she was just embarrassed or maybe she was just the lady that that's that's a thing too because that was like a like we talked about that double standard Possibly. early yeah that double standard earlier where it's like hey if you were a dude, especially during this time period like if you if you were if you were throwing that dick like you were the man if you were uh, a lady you know it was I mean it's still like that to this day where it's just like it's an unfortunate you know double standard or it's just like hey like ladies don't sleep around or whatever right and maybe she was just conflicted during you know with that as well it's like hey like yeah. We can go on a couple of dates or whatever, but hey, I'm not putting out. I mean, good for her. Either way, whatever choice she decided, hey, that's on her or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I can easily see like a dude like getting pissed off about that. I mean, <laughs> it still happens to this day. Um, but, you know, she had uh, gotten arrested in Santa Barbara, getting that free, you know, black Angus meal or whatever, right? And, um, you know, just for being in a bar underage. So she was, I believe, like 20 years old. And, you know, they fingerprint her, which is a big way that we're able to identify her, you know, during the murder. And they uh, send her back to uh, Boston because that was like her legal residence was like up in Boston with her parents or with her mother, I should say. And instead of, you know, going back to Boston, you know, she reconnects with people in Florida and she meets another gentleman, you know, in the Air Force who um, actually takes her back to Long Beach where, you know, he was stationed at. So this is where she gets permanently um permanently resides like in the LA area at this time because you know of her friend that she met in um Florida who got stationed back into Long Beach. Who who was that friend? Was that Robert Manley? Um no, it's not Robert Manley. It was another gentleman. Uh but Robert Manley was um somebody that you know she met during that time period. Um I, I mean you I'll let you just jump into it. So I mean Robert Manley is the the last person to actually really see her alive mm-hmm. as far as that we're aware of um, so Robert Manley is also another military man, service guy, right? No, I believe he was like a salesman or something like oh, that. Oh, he was a salesman. Okay. Um, somehow I got it mixed up then. But she knew a lot of servicemen. Yeah. Um, so he was a salesman and he, he seemed like a total like pushover guy. That's what I got from him that he was like the dude that's like, I treated you nice. You should date me kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like that dude that's trying to work friend zone into relationship. And he was also married. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. By the way, friend, do that's like in in the friend zone. Have you ever been in the friend zone? That's kind of like the douchiest guy, ever. Just saying, 
if if you've ever described yourself as friend zone guy, we're our manliest friend zone guy, and it's kind of <laughs> douchey. It is the douchiest like place to be. Um, so, anyways, um, so he gives her a ride to the Biltmore Hotel, which is still around. Yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. It looks like a fucking Resident Evil building inside of it. It does, dude. If, if you ever just Google the pictures. It looks like you're playing Resident Evil 2 and you're in the police department. Just like, throw an umbrella corp. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so cool. It is a really cool place. But she stays there. He drops her off there. And then he goes off to a bar. Do you have the name of the bar? Um, I don't, actually, because, I mean, it's pretty much, like, whatever. Yeah, it's it's just a bar. I know that that bar is a strip club now. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, I guess some people say that she also joins him there at some point to drink at that bar now. Um, but that those reports are not confirmed. Nope. Um, so he becomes suspect number one. He is public enemy number one once they find out that he's the last person to have seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably not the person. Do you have more on him? I actually wrote very little on, about him. The only thing I have on him that just seemed relevant because, again, I mean, we're – kind of just sticking to like what we can verify because there's so much extraness out there with this case like there's like a whole like i mean you could write like a whole like star wars novel on you know robert manley or whatever but uh, basically like you said the most important thing is he was the last person that saw her alive you know he lived in san diego and you know she had him you know basically drive her back up to la just because she said that hey she was meeting her sister from boston which i guess wasn't really the truth she was just trying to get back to la you know they were just you know like they just went on dates if you will right mm-hmm. and she she had him you know drive him her to the biltmore hotel which is a very fine luxury hotel and just because you know that's where she was supposed to meet up with her sister i mean from what i can gather it was just hey i gotta get back to my house or whatever like i'm not buying a greyhound ticket because like i can't fucking afford it mm-hmm. i guess she at this time like she was just a waitress you know behind hollywood boulevard which mm-hmm. again a waitress Hollywood Boulevard, you're probably not making that much money, whatever, because that's pretty much what everybody's doing that's, you know, trying to make it. Um, But, yeah, it's pretty much just like, hey, you know, we had fun, you know, on our dates or whatever, because he even said, too, like, hey, yeah, I was cheating on my wife or I was trying to cheat on my wife with her. Uh, But, you know, the the farthest it got is like, hey, in between like L.A. and San Diego, uh, we stopped at a hotel, you know, to rest. And, you know, I slept in the bed and she slept in the chair. So, I mean, somebody that's like, <laughs> damn, you know, that kind of character, you know, is cheating or trying to cheat on her wife pretty much got, like you said, friend zone yeah. because she ended up just sleeping in the chair. Instead but of the but bed you don't him. get friend zone. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah. if you think you're in the friend zone, the guy is the douchey guy. I'm not saying that the girl is douchey. I'm just saying you're a douche for thinking that there is such thing as the friend zone. Okay. So, yeah. So, he thought that there was a friend zone situation there. But, yeah, he's pretty much um, the biggest character that sees her alive at this time because uh, July 9th is very much so the last time she is seen. You know, hotel staff um, say that, hey, they saw her on in the lobby on the phone, um, you know, calling whoever. And then, you know, later on, people saw her at a cocktail, cocktail lounge, which I did have it written down, called, you know, the Crown Grill which she was just there with another gentleman as opposed to Robert Manley. Damn. Do you have that guy's name? No. no? It was just okay. another... Just another it, random guy? Just another friend zone dude that was yeah. promising her the Blooming Onion from yeah. Outback Steakhouse. True. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he he's, he's, he's the first guy that most people run to just because he, he was there, he saw her last. Just doesn't add up 
uh, first of all, we talked about the whole like surgical preci- precision thing. Mm-hmm. Seems like he doesn't have that kind of surgical hand. No, <laughs> a steady hand. Uh, and also, he's not from the area. He's from San Diego. Correct. So to actually pull this off, drain her of her blood, throw her on like some random, random house in front of someone's house, which that also seems like there has to be a little more meaning to that. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like the address number or the address name or something, the street name has to play in some, some kind of way. Like I haven't really looked into that, but um, it just doesn't add up to why he would do this. This seems just like a regular guy. Like he said, he was just a salesman. He doesn't seem to be the brightest guy. He doesn't seem to be like this mastermind guy that's all of a sudden going to create one of the all-time murder mysteries. No. And that's why, to me, even though he is a suspect, I'm going to go ahead and just discard him from yeah. from the pile. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> she pretty much goes missing, you know, from July 9th onward because, like you said, uh, they don't find her body till the 15th. And then... You know, when the coroner, you know, does this autopsy or whatnot, you know, they find uh, ligature marks on her ankles, wrist, and neck, which is basically like she was tied up. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, hey, somebody got some piano wire or rope or whatever, and, you know, there's those lesions on her, um, you know, or uh, body parts right there. Um, They they did determine that, you know, when she was cut in half that was performed after death um, because, you know, there was no bruising or anything like that. So everything had already been drained from her at that time to be able to, you know, create that. Um, They did determine that, you know, her actual death was, you know, from the lacerations on her face, you know, that that Joker smile you were talking about. That's actually called like a Glasgow um, smile, which there's an actor in Hollywood who actually had that happen to him. Like, I guess he was visiting Scotland and like he's in a lot of like movies or whatever, but like there's like some fucked up like scars where like he has like 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 one like you could tell the guy like did a perfect like smile on one side mm-hmm. and it was like a lazy one right here. But they said that like there's some like arteries and whatnot that you can fucking, you know, hit like when you're doing that. And, you know, on that actor, I guess like they just sliced it right there so it didn't like fully penetrate the um the cheeks, if you will. But on her, like they straight like went from the corner of her mouth all the way up to her ears cutting like all sorts of veins. So they said like, that's pretty much how she died as well as there was a blunt force um, strikes to the front of her head. So somebody got something, you know, to her head, like, you know, a bat or like the, they said like the heel of like a a men's shoe, if you will, because like when they were looking at like her skull and like her forehead, it looked like, you know, Hey, it was either like some sort of like mallet, like the corner of a mallet or the corner of like a man's shoe that like just kept like repeatedly hitting her in the head because they did say that she did have concussions and that, you know, like her brain was very fucked up, you know, from the, the abrasions. So she died initially just from just bleeding out from the Glasgow smile as well as the blows to the head. Um, Again, you know, they said that her anus was uh, dilated, you know, an inch and three quarters. Um, they found no sperm, though, but the body was washed in gasoline to um, you yeah. know, get rid of, like, any any kind of evidence, which plays into what you were talking about with, you know, like, this is somebody that has got to know something, like, with police work. This is somebody that has to know something in the medical field as well to know all of this, to be able to do this. Yeah, Um it just seems everything's so precise. I mm-hmm. mean, just the fact that the organs weren't damaged. Um, the whole thing about a shoe, I, I think, is kind of strange. It seems like they should have gone. Like, if, it, if they're gonna go, if they're gonna say hammer, then just I think it's probably a hammer. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna like a mallet, seal though. the deal. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna go and hit someone in the head and like you're trying to knock them out for sure, 
you probably wouldn't go with the shoe. A Stacey Adams. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know who the fuck attacks someone with the shoe. I mean, I'm sure you could, but, and I'm sure their shoes were better built than like today's like fucking like Air Force Ones or whatever, but like, because <laughs> yeah. they were probably like wooden bottoms and things like that. Yeah. Like, so, um, but still, I would still probably choose like a mallet over a shoe. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, the, the next guy that actually admits to like saying like, I fucking did it was uh joseph dumas oh okay i didn't know about this guy oh you didn't no so he actually admits saying like i did it i fucking did it uh we were like out drinking and i don't remember when when it happened but i must have done it must have done it because i was oh yes i know yeah i know and like he, i guess he wakes up like in new york like a week later or something like that yeah. like where's that lost week of my life yeah so i guess he was just drunk the entire time and he's like, I was with her, and now she's dead. So obviously, guys, just arrest me because I probably did it. And then they were like, Okay, let's look into it. They find out he was actually at his military base the entire time, and like, there's no physical way that it could have happened because like, when it happened, the entire time it should have been happening, he was at his military base, like getting shit face drunk. Wow. So, <laughs> what so a cool corporal. Or honestly, that fucking blows my mind. Where it's like, man, I've never been that drunk to the point where like. I've been more than like one night drunk. Like yeah. that's something a young man's liver says. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's no, and even when I was young, like I couldn't get away with that shit. Like, no, like there's no way. Like I had a crazy night last night. Cause I'm just going to like eat Funyuns today and chill <laughs> and like recover. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's when I watched the movie. Like I'm going to watch Forrest Gump now or something. And eat Funyuns. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. This guy parties like a motherfucking animal. But yeah, I guess he thought he did it. He admitted that he had killed her, but all the evidence and like he physically just couldn't do it because he was not in the area. Yeah, I'm gonna write this guy off as well. Yeah, so that guy I'm gonna just take off the list completely. And he seems like you would have been too drunk to be that precise, anyways. Mm-hmm. So about <laughs> this time too, like so they do the the autopsy like a uh, a day after you know the body is found because they at this time they don't know who it is. They yeah. don't know who it is, and the only way they're able to find out who it actually is is by they took like what's the, they took her fingerprints and they did what's called a sound photo, which is like a very primitive form of like a fax machine. Yeah, and they faxed it to the FBI and they actually had her prints uh, because you know she worked on a military base as well as her arrest in Santa Barbara. Like that was able, they were able to positively ID her. And I believe Dave from Sofa King brought this point up. Like we're so spoiled in this time frame where it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, like a computer's going to be able to match that. Like they just put it like in their database and bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. The computer's going to have it pop up. But no, you got to have like some like like nerdy motherfucker, like some Alfred from <laughs> fuck Pennywise motherfucker with like a magnifying glass, like yeah. looking at all like these fucking uh fingerprints but i guess like in record time like those fingerprints came back like oh yeah this is lady elizabeth short man how do you think they did that like first of all do you think oh man do you, I, I, I didn't see how tall she was but they must base it off like she was this height mm. black hair she's like fucking <laughs> missing a nipple i don't know i mean i don't know what they would base it on but they did it you're right it was done pretty quickly and that must have been the most tedious job in the world oh my god give that guy that guy better have gotten a raise i know yeah. it was the great depression era but come on guys god damn no i mean just give that guy some black angus it, steak. It's, it's weird because at this time period like i feel like you can get away with all kinds of shit mm-hmm. like you can fucking like to be a serial killer and this must have been your time man like you 
you're Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter right now. Like, <laughs> like you're just killing people and like getting away with it. As long as you don't like fucking like leave your name on their face, For like real. you're good. Like yeah. you can like jizzle over them and you're like, I'm done and like walk out. Yeah. Because they still won't catch you. Remember when we did the Axeman? That's exactly where I was going to go like, with this. Come, the Axeman would have been caught like so fast <laughs> if that shit happened today. Yeah. Like there's no way that that would have happened. But like same thing with this. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like. Yeah. And, like, even today, like, when, like, a lot of, and I'm sure we'll get to, like, you know, who we believe it was. I mean, the evidence is so much in favor of this, but, like, still isn't <laughs> because it's so much time has gone by. But um, they do start the investigation in January of, uh, January 21st of 1947. Um, and then, like you said, like, they called the, the editor of the Examiner, uh, which was a newspaper owned by William Randolph Hearst. And when I was looking at this, like, because I always go, like, down these, like, rabbit holes, like, with, you know, like, side information, if if you will. But, like, William Randolph Hearst, like, we talk about, like, fake news, like, in this, like, current climate. But, like, he would, like, very much manipulate the news. Like, I want to say it was fake. But, like, you were saying, like, he would make sure that he, that he told, like, the newspapers, he was, like, make sure you put them, like, she would always wear, like, seductive stockings, these tight form-fitting black dresses and that, you know, she was a prostitute who was a low-key lesbian and all, like all these, like, you know, salacious things yeah. just to sell newspapers. And then, like, another fucked up thing about this is is that there was some other murders happening during this time frame. Maybe they were connected to this, maybe they weren't. But, like, one of them, like, the prime suspect was, like, one of his homeboys. And, like, I think it was, like, it was called, like, the clean murder where, like, this lady, like, had basically been raped and murdered, like, in her own bathtub. And, like, this main suspect was, like, one of Hearst's, like, homeboys. And so he's, like, hey, make sure Elizabeth Short's, like, you know, Black Dahlia murder. Make sure that's, like, what everybody's looking at so that way, like, you know, the police aren't concentrating any effort at looking at my guy right here, which there's a couple of cases, like, with William Randolph Hearst doing this. Like, I Mm -hmm. believe somebody even actually died on the way to, like, Hearst Castle or whatever and it was, like, somebody else's wife, like, some actor's friend of his wife or whatever, where it's, like, his... He might have blood on his hands before that, but because he can, because he owned all of these newspapers, I think all of them except for like the LA Times, he was able to like manipulate, you know, everybody's like consciousness to like, hey, we're going to only focus on, you know, this like cut in half girl here. Like we're going to forget about, you know, you know, these other. I mean, that's how you manipulate the news. I mean, it's crazy. You know, we talk about like eccentric millionaires, billionaires now that are like crazy. And it's like, man, they didn't used to be that crazy, but. I was just thinking, like, Winchester, like, that dude was, like, insane. Mm. And, like, that's before his wife went insane and, like, went, which probably should be a topic one day, but... Yeah. Um, but, like, he was insane. He would have, like, newspapers flown flown to his house every day from all over the world just so he can, like, stay on top of, like, everything. Like, yeah. He was like, nothing can get past me. Like, nobody can build a better gun than me kind of thing. And, like... <laughs> It it's fucking nuts. Like he was he was ridiculously like meticulous and like his wife obviously goes off the deep end. But yeah, I mean millionaires, like rich people were like so eccentric back then. Like they still are, I'm sure. Like, you know, yeah. they created Scientology, but <laughs> but like yeah, they were just as crazy back then. Oh yeah. Maybe even more so. Yeah, because maybe. they mean who knows? They're what probably else? just as crazy today, but like social media evens everything out where it's like Oh, this person's wearing like glue on their face. I should start doing that. Or whatever. <laughs> Just look at Kanye West. I mean, yeah, come on now. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, like you were saying, like with the whole Zodiac thing, like whoever the killer was or whoever was putting out this stuff, like he was constantly, you know, playing with, um, you know, the police department. You know, he would send in, 
you know, newspaper clippings, you know, like those words that we were talking about, like, hey, if you meet me here at this certain time, at this certain date, like I'll turn myself in. And then like the LAPD would like congregate right there because like, oh shit, like he's about to turn himself in. And then nothing would happen. Then he would send like another letter in and be like, haha, I can't believe I can, you know, you know, manipulate you guys so well, if you will. And um, then he would like send basically like love letters to like the examiner, like, <laughs> well, I'm glad, I hope that you're glad with all this coverage because your profit, you know, margin should be increasing, if you will, if whatnot. And then something creepy happened, I think, like March 14th it was, where they found this is how you know that this person knew elizabeth short Mm. because they found like pretty much like a fake suicide note um you know underneath we'll just say it was like venice beach bridge right the pier if you will like where it was like this shoe like it was like a pair of shoes like some like tweed pants and like all these belongings like to this man and like a notebook with the name of mark henson on it um saying that hey like I thought like this would be cool to, you know, play with the media and play with uh, the police. And I was going to turn myself in for killing Elizabeth Short, but I can no longer live like with my consequences. So I'm going to jump off this bridge and, you know, kill myself in the ocean and let fucking Jaws eat me, if you will. And it kind of threw off the investigation a little bit because this Mark Hansen character who knew Elizabeth Short as well his name was scrawled on, you know, this notebook and it had like all these names and addresses or whatever. And I believe like Elizabeth's name was in there as well, but like he became like a suspect that kind of diverted the attention away from who, and I'm pretty sure we'll end up end our suspect list with the, the guy that I think that, you know, the police were going for, but then they concentrate so much energy and effort onto this Mark Hansen guy that I believe they let the real killer go because of this. But real quick on Mark Hansen, he was a nightclub owner and quick background on him he would he was that sleazy um nightclub owner who would like let you know aspiring actresses like live like in his you know bungalows like on his property or rental properties if you will rent free but will kind of like take advantage of like you know them sexually and or just have them do favors pretty much it was like you know one of the first like human traffickers like in you know the hollywood industry if you will mm, and that we know of that yeah that we know of or whatever but like you know elizabeth knew him and uh one of elizabeth's like roommates said that hey like yeah she would frequent the nightclub and, you know, this is, like, where it really, like, hammers home, like, the type of person, in my opinion, Elizabeth was. Whereas, like, he tried, like, multiple times, you know, to get her to go to bed with him. And each time, like, he would turn her down. And so they suspected Mark Hansen was one of those gentlemen that was Wait, furious. he would turn her down? No, she would turn him down. Oh, she would down. turn him down? Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's why he became one of the suspects as well um, mm. in this case. And the police, I think they spent, you know, months trying to get something on him convict him of this as well hmm, interesting um honestly I, I didn't see much on him but that is pretty interesting mm-hmm. and she was also in that notebook too like his his phone number or the phone book if you were a little address book or whatever that you know the the killer sent into uh the examiner like his name was also in there as well so that was kind of like connecting the dots as well mm, pretty crazy like it seems to be I mean, like I said earlier, I think she definitely knew the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you don't let someone like Lori win the way she seemed. Although I said that she seemed like she was very immature. Like, there's a difference between being immature and also being like streetwise. And it seems like she was definitely streetwise. Oh yeah. Um, but then the guy that I think 
we probably are going to agree on that is probably the most likely person. Oh, this motherfucker did it. Yeah. Steve Hodor. No, George. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. George Hodor. Hodel. Uh, his, da- his dad. His dad. Steve's dad. Sorry. I had him highlighted and they're right back to each other. But yes, he, he is uh, possibly the most suspicious person on earth like yeah. even by today's standard he might even deserve his own topic just because of like how much shit there is on him yeah it's fucking ridiculous i mean and jacob says like how much stuff there is on him like right off the bat one of the first things you see is that his son accuses him his own son steve hodel accuses him of being the murderer of of him and then you also see like if you go, keep keep doing your google search you see that his son one of his main things that he'll point out about his dad is that in his home which is kind of a mansion probably not by today's standards but even in la it was still really it's nice a beautiful house. fucking house though yeah it's a it's it's a beautiful home um but it's it's got hidden rooms in it which is like <laughs> that they were not allowed to go in as children yeah it's already like red flag how much more dexter can you get mm-hmm. and apparently so Things that were definitely found, I got to go pee. So as soon as I get done talking, I'm going to take a pee break really quickly. But um, they found like pornography in there. They found like pictures of like random women. Mm-hmm. They found. And um, not just any random like pornography or like, you know, naked pictures or whatever. Like this is like very like avant-garde stuff. Like women positioned in, again. To oh, reference. I thought you were going to say something else. There was also like kind of. There's no proof of it, but it looks very underage pornography, mm-hmm. which is another thing. Just to to piggy off, piggyback, piggyback off of that, his uh, daughter accused him of molesting of a molestation, I guess, raping her, basically raping her, and um, the charges were dropped. I don't know how the fuck. So it seems like he was also close to the police department. Mm-hmm. The fact that these charges could get dropped so easily. And what's fucked up about the daughter is, is that you said that. Um, and you can go ahead and pee. Like I can just talk oh, yeah, about it yeah, because yeah. I'm pretty sure you already know about. It. I'm not. I'm, I'm not telling you something like, you don't even know. I'll take like three minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Damn, that is a long piss. <laughs> so why, while Art pisses, let me tell you guys a little bit about uh, uh, George Hodel, if you will. So George Hodel, um, the way he was able to attain this mansion is he pretty much controlled like the public health of you know L.A. County at this time, and his main practice was is he was a venereal disease doctor, and being a venereal disease doctor at this time, you know, he also took care of, you know, the police department. So when all these LAPD officers, you know, were out there, you know, uh, cheating on their wives or girlfriends, if you will, he was the one, you know, treating them for these venereal diseases. So that's suspicion number one that, you know, we referenced earlier when we were talking about like, hey, this is somebody that has to be familiar with the police process. Enter George Hodel. He would have something on these police officers, you know, if, if he was treating him for venereal diseases, which is something that's taboo in 2020, but when you look at the 1940s, that's super taboo. That's something you do not, not, not want out there. That hey, I'm I'm a police officer. I'm supposed to be you know this upstanding citizen, you know, out here to serve and protect, and I'm out here you know, <laughs> you know doing bad things, you know, uh, you know cheating on my wife and you know getting the clap if you will. But Steve Hodel, or I shouldn't say Steve, George Hodel is out here treating it. So he has a lot of blackmail he can use on a lot of people within the police department which would come out you know in you know the trial for him you know raping his daughter tamar now tamar uh, accused her father of you know molesting her as well as other you know females in the family um and actually impregnating her 
um, you know, and that during the trial, I don't, like Art said, I don't know how he was able to get off on it, uh, but, you know, the the district attorney looked at him with very, very much skeptical hippo eyes, like, hey, this is this is something we need to follow up with, but because he had so many, so much blackmail on people within the department, I guess it was able to slide, and welcome back, Art, to the podcast. Woo. I was talking about how, like, Steve Hodell, he was a venereal disease doctor. I almost gave myself a fucking venereal disease right now. <laughs> Did it burn home. when you peed? Oh, my God. You know, I stopped drinking the hibiscus tea because I could feel the pee coming. Uh-huh. And I was like, I better stop. And at some point, I was like, oh, I'll just grind it out. And I was like, no, I got to I have to go. <laughs> I could see the beads of sweat oh, coming down. Oh, good. There's but some peas that feel like poops. Oh, <laughs> it's that Grafenberg spot? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we were talking about how um, that would be one motive, too. Like you were bringing up earlier how, you know, this is somebody that would have to work in conjunction with the police department, like like a lot like Dexter. They would know oh, the yeah. police process. And he treated a lot of, you know, the L.A. County and LAPD police officers for the venereal disease. So he would have a lot of black male on these people. And, you know, when he was, you know, on trial, you know, for raping Tamar, his daughter, um, she was saying that, yeah, like he has a lot of people like in his pocket, a lot like Don Corleone, if you will. And he was actually recorded because the DA put um, bugs in his house. This is some of the most alarming stuff out there. And one of the least alarming but most alarming things he said is like, hey, what what would I need to do to be able to get the, you know the DA into my pocket? Um, and then he also said some shit, too, uh, because, you know, later on, you know, he was one of the suspects, like I, I mentioned earlier. Um, He wasn't suspect number one because, you know, hey, the real killer, which was probably George, was, you know, swaying him with, you know, throwing, you know, Mark Henson's name out there and whatnot. But when they did look at this, like I believe it was in 2003, they have him on tape. And this is still like in the LAPD archive. Supposing, uh, and I got to say this. So so really quickly, it's it's not in the LAPD archives. Oh, no more? No. So that's one of the reasons why this guy has like never, never really been like, flagged as the number one guy is because they have a transcript somebody like hand wrote everything that they were saying so they do have that but the actual audio for some reason was destroyed Uh, okay so another red flag really destroyed so when i hear this like like when i read this quote like i thought of it like in like 19 like 40s like like accent or whatever but um i guess he's transcribed as saying supposing i did kill the black dahlia see they couldn't prove it now they can't talk about. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. See, and like to me, that is like the most sketch that you're in your. Yeah. You don't know you're being recorded, and that is like the most sketch thing you can fucking say. Especially when also too, he is a suspect in his secretary's death as well. Yeah, it's so many fucking red flags. I don't know if you covered it while I was taking a piss. But the fact that he covered those banana diseases, that's probably the blackmail, mm-hmm. like the whole blackmail part of it. But, I mean, it's it's alarming to me because that's something like, like it's public record that Fred Durst has herpes. Yeah. Like we could, <laughs> we could Google that, Fred Durst has herpes. Everybody knows that. But like back then, that would have been like the nail in the coffin. You can never run for president anymore because everybody knows you have herpes. Mm-hmm. Donald now, Trump had herpes. Who, Donald Trump? Yeah. He has herpes? Yeah. See, yeah, now you can be the president. And like- yeah, or you can sing about relationships and cry about it, like <laughs> like Usher. I was gonna say like Fred Durst. So this is not every single Limbiscuit song. It's like him like getting broken up with. Yeah, behind blue eyes. <laughs> oh man, that guy is like that guy's in the friend zone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's what this guy held against so many people was like, <laughs> like the whole like 
fucking, you might have herpes. <laughs> and not only that too, but he was performing illegal abortions at this oh, time yeah. as well. So I mean, and when you really look like his at his medical history, remember I was talking about like that procedure, that hemicorpobrectomy or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was actually taught that in medical school, and they said that he flew through medical school. So we're talking uh, about somebody that was very handy with a steel. Very handy, apparently. Um, honestly, the fact that his own son... Did you already talk about the photograph that was recovered in, in nope. his archive? So um, this is one of the things that his son will bring up a lot. And I do feel a little bit conflicted about this one. Because in his possession, there was a photograph. Actually, I believe there were two photographs. So one of them is like pretty pretty alarming because it is a, a woman with black hair and it looks a lot like the black dahlia and at the same time his own the uh elizabeth's sister said no that's not my sister like you have the wrong person here um it looks similar i think the similarities are there but at the same time i don't think that that is her it just mm-hmm. seems like maybe he had a type yeah. But I'm not saying that he's not the killer. I'm just saying like maybe he was into brunettes and like that was a popular haircut in the 1940s. Yeah. And so like I'm just saying like maybe that's a woman that we didn't find because he might have thrown her, her in the ocean or something. Yeah. And then and the, with that photo I, I I did see that like there has been two different analysis on it and like one computer analysis says it's like an 80% match and then another one says it was an 80% non-match. So I mean I, I don't know what technology to believe on it. I did see that photo. I did not think it was a little bit short, but it is. It's leading you down that path of like, hey, like this guy is is super sketch, right? And then when you hear the son, Steve Hodell, who goes on to be an LAPD detective, right, for his whole career, he writes a whole book detailing how he believes it is his father. He describes his father as like this very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of person who, um, and I know this is like the invoke thing to talk shit about like Hollywood elites and whatnot. And like they do all these like blood sacrifices to get the adrenochrome out of babies or whatever so they can live forever. Um, but George Hodel did <laughs> these very weird, elaborate rituals with, you know, his very rich and powerful friends. Like he, they would describe, he would describe, you know, his dad, you know, holding like these secret seances, like with some of the city's leaders and, you know, the powerful and elite. They would do blood magic, if you will. And they would have, kidnapped girls come into you know the home and you hit the nail on the head with the home it's a very beautiful home but it's a very weird home as well whereas like the front entrance like instead of it leading like directly to the front door it's kind of like leads to a courtyard where there's like a a swimming pool in the middle of it and then like there's like kind of like a a patio i mean it's right now today it's like a regular ass patio that you would see like on the cover of like home and garden or whatever but like the way like Steve describes it is kind of like, yeah, this is like where they held like their rituals. Like they would do like their Alistair Crowley magic here. Uh, you know, they would bloodlet, you know, some of the girls there like on, you know, altars, if you will, and, like do all sorts of like weird shit. You know, he described his dad as a sadist and like, they would have like these like, you know, rape orgies where like they would celebrate. I forgot like the actual name of it, but like, you, you know, the story of like Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible, right? Where it's just like, just these like day long orgies, if you will. Uh, I know of it. I don't. I, yeah. I mean, I don't really. Keith, you can come on and tell us all about it, but <laughs> I don't know the Bible. All that much, but like they would celebrate that yearly where like they would have these day long, you know, rape orgies, if you will, with like, you know, women 
you know, that they would kidnap or abduct, if you will, or, you know, just hypnotize to be in their possession. And like they said, like his dad was like a really fucked up individual. And then, then mysteriously, these women would disappear. Enter Elizabeth Short, who, you know, she's just a, a girl with like all these like emotional fucking scars, you know, throughout her life. You know, she's attached to a lot of these men, you know, who she might be just dating, you know, for a free meal, or she might just be, Hey, she's playing the field. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you're 18 years old and you're trying to find your soulmate. Yeah. I I highly advise like, Hey, see what all these people are about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like she's also probably going to be looking for somebody with stability enter, you know, somebody like a George Hodel who has obviously, you know, a lot of financial stability. She might've gotten mixed up with this gentleman and, you were talking about it earlier where, you know, it couldn't have been, you know, um, who was the original guy that, uh, the original suspect. Yeah. Uh, uh Robert Manley. Yeah. Robert Manley. He just kind of seemed like he was like a pushover, if you will, had to been somebody that like had a lot of resources and a lot of people around him because to me, I feel like, okay, yeah, George Hodel probably that like her murder occurred at this house and like they probably did some freaky deaky shit to her body and he dissected it and they did all sorts of weird shit to her. But at the same time, I feel like him and all of his buddies, they must have transported the body, you know, to, you know, that place. I did the Google maps of this, like where the house, the mansions at Mm -hmm. where her body was found. And it makes sense because it would be a straight shot right there. It's an empty field. It's, of course he knows like he's you know somebody's going to be a suspect for this so like oh shit let me cut off a nipple let me do this so it looks a little bit sloppy and let me cut you know uh you know her mouth up so it looks like it's something you know like sloppily done dump it in this neighborhood and it's right by usc medical center i don't think that the nipple missing in the in the mouth being cut is actually sloppy at all if anything that that almost feels a little more ritualistic Mm -hmm. in nature than than just taking the body apart and like draining it of its blood. Um, like serial killers in general, and I'm not saying he was a serial killer, but it seems like he definitely like dabbled in, in, in it. Actually, I'm probably sure if he's doing one, he's probably, yeah, he's, uh, he's probably doing more multiple, but similar to like an Ed Gein or something like that. Like Ed Gein had a belt made of nipples. Yeah. And like, have we ever covered Ed Gein? I don't think we ever, in, maybe yeah. early on. It seems like something we did when Eric was around, Yeah, but, um, we'll redo it. Yeah. But anyways, um, Oh, we got to Google it. I don't know if we've done it. But anyways, um, it just seemed like that. It seemed like the whole mouth-cutting part of it seemed... That's the part that seems very, like, he must have known her. Mm-hmm. Like, that, if anything means anything, that's the part that, where he would go towards the face and, like, make it look like she's smiling and enjoying this whole process. Yeah. Um. So, I, I don't know. That's the one... Th- I will disagree with you there. I don't think that that was, like... I, I think that that's more ritualistic than anything else. Okay. It feels more ritualistic. I do find it funny though that like where he dumped the body was like was literally like down the street from like USC mm-hmm. like medical center, which is like you know that hey the police as corrupt as they are, they're gonna be looking at somebody with like a medical background. Where at UC USC this is where they're teaching like this technique, you know, to dissect somebody, you know, in half if, if you will. And it's just like he he knew how to cover his steps pretty well, just because it's like 70, 80 years later and we still have not solved this. Uh, Steve, you know, he was on, I believe it was like KCAL 9 News or whatever, and they got like a cadaver dog to go out to like his old house, and they weren't able to get like the 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 current owner's like permission like to dig there because there's probably bodies buried there. Yeah. 
but like they were able they they did let like a cadaver dog like run around the property and like they the dog was saying like oh shit like there's some there's some human remains here and then some soil samples like tested positive for human remains like on the property so if elizabeth shorts shorts you know uh dna isn't there somebody's dna is there which oh, to i me believe that yeah. puts george like so, to me like i think this is the dude that did it i agree i mean we don't always agree but i think we were both pretty much on the same page like this guy probably fucking did it to the point where i'm like this is 99.9 percent sure he did it yeah and there's other like um theories as well I, again, like there was, I think in total, like 150 suspects for this case. Um, I believe like 500 people have come out saying that they are the real killer. So a lot of it's bullshit because they wouldn't have been old enough to be able to oh, do yeah. it. Some people like to throw like, oh, it was my grandpa. Like I remember walking in on him in the garage and like there was a hammer and he fucking beat up this girl or whatever. And like, it's like a lot of it like leads to nowhere. But George Hodel's like, it just seems like it's like super spot on. Um, unsolved mysteries like the original series like they tried to like connect it to like some like cleveland torso murders if you will um there was like the chicago lipstick murders where like they found like a torso it said they thought it said fuck you bd black dahlia but it said Mm -hmm. fuck you pd and it's just like that's a lot of effort oh okay i i do know of that one i thought they weren't sure what it said because it's all smudged up anyways yeah but it's just like that's a lot of effort to go kill someone in LA and then travel all the way to Chicago, which is like two thousand miles yeah, east. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I just don't see it. I see it as being just like some, you know, psychopath in, in the Hollywood Hills. This the where this mansion's at, and he just knows that there's all these like these people, you know, all these women, you know, coming to LA just trying to make it, just trying to eat that black Angus steak for the night and getting caught up, in, you know, in his like fucking tangled web. Yeah, I mean, you deal. Not to keep you said it earlier that it's in vogue to like hate on the elite right now, but you look at like something like um like Epstein or whatever. Yeah, and like if it was going on now, it was going on then. I'm sure it's been going on since forever. Like correct, there's someone in power abusing someone that's not in power, and it's in fact they are in need. I don't know. It seems pretty shitty. Um, the whole thing. I I, I think I think he did it. I think the. the the fact that his own daughter was like accusing him kind of shows you the kind of person that he is. Yeah. And the fact that his son is also accusing him and like accused him is like, come on. Like it sounds like a total douchebag of a person anyways. And not only that, but like every time like he would get accused of something, like he would take out, take off out of the country. And I think like in the midst of like the fifties, like when like a lot of people were, were connecting the same dots that we were connecting, homeboy leaves to the Philippines, which is like, pedophile capital of the world and hangs out there until he comes back to the United States I believe like in 1982 or something like that so he spends like 40 years like in the Philippines and who lord knows what the fuck he did out there you know yeah damn yeah I don't know I, I, he's I don't want to say like that is like the most certain one but in like these unsolved mysteries cases like you, you think of like major ones like Jack the Ripper or Zodiac I don't think they ever get as close as this one gets mm-hmm. close to. Like this is pretty close to me in my eyes. Oh yeah, I mean, I I wish we could. And and then here's the thing too, like a lot of like uh, prosecutors and DAs or whatever. Like I didn't bother writing their names down because it's a laundry list of them. We're like saying like, hey, like we're the only thing we're missing from like pos- posthumously like uh, convicting you know George Hodel of this murder is like just the smoking gun, like the absolute smoking gun, because it's just like, 
it's still a case that it's open. You know, there's somebody assigned to it, you know, some detective assigned to it. Like, you can call in right now and say, hey, I got information on the Black Dahlia murder. And, you know, if they can find that one smoking gun, which as the years go by, it becomes harder and harder to find, you know, to convict them. And it's just like, that sucks, you know? Yeah, I have seen that. I guess the uh, L.A. Police Department has been not very cooperative with trying to solve it and, like, trying to let those people actually dig even if if like they're just they won't give the permit out to like actually dig and find these find the bodies if there is bodies yeah um so that's kind of alarming it might be that it could be a huge black eye if they find that there's a, there was a lot of corruption it could have been the, like police officers affiliated with george hodel there you know and it's just like you think you think of the lapd you know as recent as recently as you know this year you know shooting you know that you know innocent 18 year old that was a security guard you, you know rodney king you know the rampart you know scandal the fucking uh the whole 80s with the crack epidemic like lapd has been corrupt like this would just be another big and it's a very it's like probably the most popular unsolved mystery of all, all time like just to be again associated with you know another like you said another black eye on the the force yeah yep i mean I think that that's probably their big thing. That's like, let's just let it be. Like, let's forget about it. That was a black eye in our history. Like, it's done. They're all dead at this point. Oh, yeah. So I think that that's probably the rationale behind why they're not proceeding forward. Um, But it seems like, come on, they probably knew something (laughs) and they're fucking hiding it now. Oh, yeah. But, hey, whatever. We solved it. Yep. George Hodel. Go fucking piss on his grave, go everybody. Fuck, if we can find it, man, I want to Google that now because I'd rather Google go. that real quick. Where is that? Oh, like, actually, I Googled something really interesting <laughs> while, while uh, we were talking. So, like, you did or, have a big smirk on your face. I almost like started laughing so loud. But um, prior to this, if you listen to our Patreon, go check out our Patreon. Sign up for our Patreon, please. Um, we were talking about uh, disaster artists, and we were talking about the movie The Room and like just bad movies in general. And I was gonna tell Jacob. Still, my shout-out that I'll, I'll give out, you know, Elizabeth Warren, sorry, but we're not giving you a shout-out anymore. But our, my shout-out is going to be to Fred Dursch because he came up in this episode, and he also directed a terrible, terrible movie called The Fanatic, and uh, it stars John Travolta. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, you got to watch it. If, you, if you're a fan of terrible movies, watch The Fanatic. But anyways, that's not what made me laugh. When I was, because I couldn't remember the movie The Fanatic, so I just typed in Fred Dursch, and in the search results, the first thing that pops up is Fred Dursch dead. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Anyways, that made me want to laugh. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so, um, fuck, we can't shit or piss on George Hodel's uh, gravesite because he was cremated. Oh, he knew it. And his ashes were scattered. So I was going to tell the millions and millions of Art and Jacob listeners to find George Hodel's grave, drop trout, and drop a Cleveland steamer all over his grave, or piss on it, whatever you will, or smear fucking period blood on it. I don't know. But I feel like this motherfucker, um, if he didn't kill Elizabeth Short, he killed somebody. He definitely raped his daughter. He's a fucking asshole. We, we, we should do something, but apparently the fool took the coward's weight out and fucking got cremated. So with that said, Art, do you have anything else you want to add to this story? No, that's it. Um, guys, please check out our Patreon. I already gave out my shout-out to Fred Durst. That was a real <laughs> shout-out. If I had a second shout-out, it would be to uh, our friend uh, Monica, who's been sending me all those like cake videos <laughs> of people eating themselves. 
because everything's made out of the cake, guys. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. So with that said, like Art said, make sure you check out our Patreon if you like what you hear and you want to help support this show to get even better. Because uh, every year I feel like we get, you know, we, we step it up a notch. Um, uh, but you know, to to keep that, you know, train a running. Uh, go to the Patreon. You know, check out the T Public if you want any merch. You know, we got T-shirts, we got mugs, we even got Corona masks on there. So I'm gonna order some as soon as I get paid, and um, we'll try to. I'll try to wear some on here because I feel like we should be more responsible because that Corona is not going away. Um, but anyways, uh, if you want to, you know, Art and Jacob do America Corona mask, go on there. I believe they're only like ten dollars, so you know, just go there. Uh, check out our sponsors, Caveman Coffee. Use promo code America for fifteen percent off. Uh, go to anywhere they sell food. Uh, check in the hot sauce aisle or the ethnic food aisle and check out El Yucateco hot sauce. Again, um, I was giving uh, props to uh, the Caribbean flavor, uh, but it's only appropriate that, hey, you get that black label for that black Dahlia murder, right? You know, shout out to Elizabeth, not Elizabeth uh, Warren or Elizabeth Jackman, but to Elizabeth Short, baby. Um, <laughs> so get that black label El Yucateco. Uh, make sure you check out all of our social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Um, except for Twitter, we are at Art Jacob Do A One. Join the Facebook group. Join in on the conversation. Um, hang out with some more fucking uh, fans of uh, this group. You know, we got people getting married on there and all sorts of fucking beautiful things. So you know, check that out. Um, shit, I don't know what else to shout out, baby. Uh, just man, I can't get over these reviews, man. Like, just they're just hilarious. Uh, I, I'm going to rewatch it, man. It has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Guys, go watch The Fanatic. Uh, I'll just read you one of, one of their reviews here, and it's, um, it just goes like this. An unpleasant way, to, <laughs> an unpleasant watch any way you slice it. And that's it. That's all it says. Nice. So with that said, everybody, Art, you got anything else? No, that's it. Have a beautiful night. Good night.